0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us and our country. Amen. Amen. Terry and Jesse, show my name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of our Lady, and I'm on duty. Terry, what about yes, you?
1: Yes, Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of our Lady. I'm on duty, too. <clears throat> Just last night when we heard the news that there was a leak <clears throat> that uh, came out from the Supreme Court uh, <clears throat> regarding a draft opinion. That uh, showed a very positive sign that if it does go through, that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. I'm going to cover that in a, after the gospel. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, probably, uh Basically, why why does Warren Buffett fund anti-Catholic hate? Why is that? And
0: been doing it for years. Yeah,
1: and we'll discuss something about this synodality. What's going on with that uh, in the church? We're going to be talking about. Uh, well, if we get to the end of it and we have time, I want to talk about silence and about wh- what's the vibe, how God speaks to us in silence. And a, a great nun who was a Hollywood star, she's going to talk to us about how that is important in one's life. But before we get to all of this, and we want to also just remind, we need to be keeping our prayers going strong for the unborn. Uh, the statements that I'm going to read to you, I think, are right from... Uh, our our good friend from Population uh, Research, and he's he does have a a very good point on how to handle this whole situation. But before we get to all of that, Jess, let's get some soul food in us, please.
0: Today's gospel is probably the the gospel that is most distorted by modernists. Yeah, th- thank. <laughs> this is exactly the gospel that modernists have been attacking since the since the '60s. Yep. John chapter 14, verse 6 to 14, it says, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. By the way, that's denied. You, you, you say that to the average Catholic prelate, uh, you'd probably have a debate with them because uh, most of the modernists don't agree with that. They'll say he's a way. He'll say he's one of the ways, but he they will not they will not say he's the only way. We continue. If you know me... <clears throat> then you'll know also my father from now on you do know him and have seen him philip said to him master show us the father and that will be enough for us jesus said to him have i been with you for so long a time and you still do not know me philip whoever has seen me has seen the father there we there we see the mystery of the trinity the the interrelationship mm-hmm. between the first person and the second person of the Trinity, what's called the doctrine of circumincession. That doctrine is defined as wherever one of the persons of the Trinity is, the other two are there. So the fa- wherever the Father is, the doctrine of circumincession says the second and third person of the Trinity are also there because the creeds tell us they're inseparable. We go on. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Once again, the, God, the, the mystery of the Trinity once again uh, being uh, being proclaimed there. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Once again, the doctrine of the, the Trinity and circumcision at work here. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Once again, the doctrine of circumcision and the interrelationship between the three persons of the Godhead for the fourth time in today's gospel is clearly enunciated. Or else, believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. What's the greater work than a miracle? You think about, you scratch your head and say, well, what can be greater than walking on water and raising the dead? The greatest miracle, and in context, by the way, Jesus is talking to the 12 apostles, okay? That's the context. He's not talking to everybody out there saying, oh, he's talking to me. Eh, Maybe spiritually in a secondary sense, but he's talking in context of the 12. So what's the greatest work that they're going to do? The greatest work is they're going to become priests where they're going to be able to forgive people's sins. Yep. The fathers of the church tell us the power to forgive sins is even more powerful than raising somebody from the dead. The raising of a soul from eternal death, from mortal sin, is more powerful than raising a physical body from the dead. That's the power that they're going to receive that, that's greater than the physical miracles that Christ was performing in their midst. It goes on to say, I... Uh, I, I am going to the Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, one of the things I'll say about doing the th- praying in, in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. uh, a couple things that are important. You have to be in a state of grace, James 5.16. Uh, number two, Uh, when you pray amongst family, prayer is a lot more powerful because of the bloodlines. Mm -hmm. And number three is uh, you have to be praying according to the will of God. Generally speaking, the prayers that are most listened to by God because they're according to the will of God is when you pray for somebody's conversion, you pray for somebody's sanctification, and you pray for somebody's salvation. If you pray for somebody to win the marathon, if you pray for somebody somebody to win the wrestling match, if you pray for somebody to... uh, to you know, to win the uh, to win uh, you know the jackpot in their state, those prayers are not according to the will of God. And so, again, let's pray as mature Christians. Let's pray for people's conversion, sanctification, and salvation.
1: Well said, Jesse. I'm not going to have Fulton Sheen today. I want to read this statement from Stephen Mosnier regarding the Supreme Court preparing to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade, while the, the left prepares to wage war. He he's spot on. Yes, these are leaks that came out. Everybody heard about it. Pro-lifers across America were hopeful that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe v.ersus Wade and return the issue of abortion to at least state legislatures where it belongs. Apparently, a majority of the Supreme Court has decided to do that. This is cause for celebration. The lives of millions of unborn children could be saved. But what is not cause for celebration is that for the first time in the history of the Supreme Court, a draft opinion has been leaked to the press. Yeah, that's serious. This is not just a heinous breach of trust by the members of the members uh, of the organization that relies upon such trust and discretion to carry out its work. Until now, the Supreme Court has been the only American institution of government which has maintained its eternal Integrity, those bonds of trust that enable those of differing political opinions to work together amicably. No more. The leak of this draft opinion is no random act. I, I agree with him, Just. It yeah. is carefully uh, co- collaborated uh, uh, crime aimed at destroying the most prominent constitutional barrier mm-hmm. to universal abortion on demand forever. He's spot on. We can expect, are you ready for this? Right on the air, I'm going to say it, Jess. We can expect riots to begin outside the Supreme Court by the usual suspects, radical feminists, antifa, BLM, riots that will take place with the expression intent of intimidating the justices of the Supreme Court into revising or withdrawing the draft opinion. This will be an insurrection, although the media will not frame it. As such, he's spot on, Jess. Again, one of the three co equal branches of the government. Its purpose will be to obstruct an official proceeding deliberations of the Supreme Court in the matter of life and death. And then he's going to finalize say this finally, say this do not expect the Capitol Police, known as Nancy Pelosi's uh, guards, you like that, Jess, to <laughs> aggressively protect the court from demonstrators. Our prediction is that they will stand idly by in the face of any violence. He's he's right. He's right. Do not expect those who engage in violent acts to be charged or if charged to be prosecuted. There is a two-tier system of justice in our nation. This sounds like Jess Romero talking. Jess, let me finish and then give me your thoughts. He says this is a two-tier system of justice in our nation capital. The left-wing rioters are are a protected class. Whatever the final decision issued by the Supreme Court in June, this insurrection may well continue up to the fall elections. Americans need to remember that the, left, that the hard left, which is now controlling the Democratic Party, is always at war. They hate the restraints imposed by the Constitution on their radical agenda and are eager to destroy those remaining. Last part, they, their half-century-long war on the unborn is proof of their unbridled lust. For power. If they can kill the most innocent among us, they will kill anyone. Their fellow leftists abroad certainly have by the tens of millions. We pray for the safety of the Supreme Court justices who will sign this opinion and for their families. They will be enduring a living hell in the moments to come. May they have the courage to stand straight. Jeff, your thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, the left sees the midterm elections. They're not going good for them. They stand to lose both the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. So this was probably leaked by a leftist law clerk. Could Why? Be. To energize the left and get out the vote. Yep. Because they know that the right and patriots are energized because of inflation, the economy, yep. the border crisis, right. the Afghanistan debacle, and the, and, the, and, the, and the pending Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe. So the left needs to fire up their base. They're hoping that this will compel the anarchists like in BLM, Antifa, and others to take to the streets with acts of violence and destruction with the intent of intimidating the conservative justices on the court in order to make them change their mind before the definitive ruling comes in June. The, so this is, again, this <laughs> is an ab, this is an absolute tactic of the left. Yep. The leaking of the Supreme Court decision was done intentionally by the left to change the outcome and to get out the domestic anarchists this is going to be their new George Floyd issue to carry them to the midterms because abortion is a sacrament to the left
1: Jesse why don't you really tell me what you think next time yeah you're spot on Stephen Moser spot on Father Frank Pavone spot on we need to defend life here now and forever stay with
2: us family we'll be right back Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: If, if somebody who tried to take the Holy Eucharist away from Catholics, I dare say a good number of Catholics, millions of Catholics around the country and around the world, would uh stand up and fight back and be willing even I hope to go so. to, j- to go to jail yeah i'm I'm hoping yep well the the issue of abortion is the sacrament of the left
1: that's right Jesse,
0: and this is why they're so energized about this because let's not forget as Saint Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter six that the battle that we fight against is actually against demons literally yeah but but demons they will use useful idiots here on earth <laughs> yeah. to do their evil deeds uh, and guess what we have no lack of idiots here no. on planet earth that are malformed and misinformed yeah. and <clears throat> staying on the same topic essentially uh, we're the fight of our life Terry because the church has been infiltrated by groups such as uh such as it's it's uh it's it catholic for choice. for choice Catholics for choice yeah, yeah. thank you this is uh, a fake Catholic Big group time. of modernists and yep. dissenters that is funded by Warren Buffett, who's one of the world's billionaires. He's the largest funder of Catholics for Joyce. Uh, he's he's uh, he's rated as one of the 10 top wealthiest men in the world. He gives $2 million a year to... To Catholics for Choice, this foundation of dissenting Catholics, he's given them over $50 million since 2000.
1: Can you imagine that? And such a small group funding that group. What what a tragedy what he's using that money for. It. Just tragic.
0: And he'll pay for it because the, root, the, the love interview. of money is the root of all evil. Yep. Catholics for, for Choice has been denounced by the U.S. bishops, by the way. It's a pro-abortion extremist group with a long history of acts of hatred and sacrilege against the Catholic Church. It's worked for decades to tear down church leadership, mm-hmm. spread discord amongst Catholics, and expand abortion in heavily Catholic countries in Central America and Africa. Catholics for Choice longtime president Francis Kissling <coughs> explicitly stated that her goal was to overthrow the Catholic what, Church. One more time, what is the purpose of this organization? Catholics for the Choice longtime president Francis Kissling says the goal of Catholics for Choice is to overthrow the Catholic Church. By the way, she's, uh, <laughs> she's, an, uh, she's a, a bedfellow with the Freemasons. Yeah, exactly. She's a bedfellow with the communists. Communist?
1: Yeah, look at China.
0: Yeah, so earlier this year, Catholics for Choice used this this fake group of dissenters, used a high-powered projector to display pro-abortion messages on the walls of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception yep. in Washington, D.C., one of the most important Catholic churches in America. You can get the article and you can see, you can see the, picture. the pictures yeah. on the article going to vmpr.org or jessieromero.com. The group pulled this stunt while, Catholic pro- while pro-life Catholics were inside attending Holy Mass the night before the annual March for Life. This act of sacrilege was condemned by Catholic leaders and Cardinal Wilton Gregory of Washington, who compared Catholics for choice, to be traitors like Judas. Good Harry, for him.
1: Good for him. Yes. Yeah. Catholics of uh, Catholics votes reported that detailed whistleblowers complaints from five female former employees of Catholics for Choice who said it was a toxic workplace. Uh, okay, for their the whistleblower reported frequent mistreatment, low wages for female employees. They also said the group pushed out new mothers after they had their first child and made it impossible to work. Uh, for working mothers to stay. Now, this is the part I think is interesting. Catholics for Choice is in a financial trouble. Guess why, folks? They're losing over a million dollars just in 2019, the most recent year for which records are publicly available. Several large foundations with bank that which bankroll the organization for many years, like are you ready? The Ford Foundation, have recently cut funding off for the group just this next part just blew me away how how many how many people
0: actually are members of this organization can you tell us only only Catholics for choice (laughs) only has about 600 come on can you imagine 600 supporters in the entire united states and look at how much money they get 50 million dollars since the year 2000 jamie manson is uh she's she's the president now of Catholics for choice She's the current president. Yeah, uh, most of its revenue comes from Buffett. A handful of other big corporate foundations also give to Catholics for Choice. Warren Buffett's not a Catholic, but he's given Catholics for Choice over forty million over the past twenty Unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. With much of that going now to the group's Latin American branch, why focusing on aborting brown babies in majority Catholic countries? So first of all, Margaret Sanger, she started the Birth Control League. To exterminate Negroes, he said it. Those were her yeah. words. Now Catholics for Choice is targeting Hispanic babies That's for sad. murder. Uh, if, if there's if if there is a racist industry in America, people use that word a lot. Racist, yeah. racist. If there's a racist industry in America, it's the abortion industry and their overlords, the Democrats. Of the hundreds of groups supported by the Buffett Foundation in 2020. Catholics for Choice was the only one which makes a claim to a specific religious denomination. Interesting. So what business does a non-Catholic billionaire have funding an anti-Catholic hate group? Ask Brian Birch of Catholic Vote. Does he just hate Catholics? That's a great question. Of course it is. Warren Buffett is part of that protective class. And what's a protective class? You got to be rich, liberal, and Democrat. And you're part of the protective class. Catholic Vote is on
1: the ground in Omaha, Nebraska this week to hold a press conference and protest the calling on Buffett to immediately cease funding Catholics for choice. Catholic uh, Vote is also planning a campaign against Berkshire Hathaway, that name is a big name, working to inform Catholics that some of the money they spend with household names like Fruit of the Loom, Dairy Queen goes to anti-Catholic groups. In addition, Catholic Vote is alerting independent Dairy Queen franchises of Buffett's anti-Catholic funding. Jesse Berkshire's Hathaway can say that what Warren Buffett does with his money is irrelevant to the company. But would they be okay if Warren Buffett funded anti-Muslim groups? which desecrated mosques. Hmm. Said, I think that's a great point. Just, it's, this is fashionable. Anti-Catholicism is alive and well in, right now in 2022.
0: Yep, that was said by Harvard professor Arthur Schlesinger Sr. He said in 1996, he yeah. says, the cat, prejudice against the Catholic Church was the deepest bias in the history of American people. Also, in 1995, the National Conference of Christian and Jews did a major survey on prejudice against every segment of American population, and they found out that the number one m- number one prejudice in the United States is anti-Catholicism. You can see this. Uh, offenses against the Catholic faith come from activist organizations, political parties, uh, colleges, the artistic community, Hollywood, government media, the press, and even other Protestant sects. Terry, which goes on to another topic. The Bezos, Jeff Bezos, and his yeah. former wife, McKen- yes. M- Mackenzie Scott, they're yeah. now divorced. Yeah. But this guy Terry, he also donates millions of dollars yeah, to controversial groups that are outspoken on Catholic issues right. and religious freedom. Yeah. So, so he'll fund the Bezos now. They're divorced. Yeah, that's what I want to say. They're divorced. Yeah, but but she has she's worth about thirty eight yeah, billion. That, that dollars. That was the right settlement. Just getting
1: divorced from him, thirty eight billion.
0: Are you yeah. kidding me? So both of them, even though they're divorced, they still continue to fund leftist causes, both Catholic and Protestant. They give away billions of dollars, uh, it, again, once once again, uh, to spend money trying to undermine Christian principles from both Catholic and Protestant organizations in America. Yeah. Uh, they, they fund an organization called Faith in Public Life. Yeah. It combines the vision of progressive politics, politics, with criticism of the Catholic bishops' debate on the Eucharist and Catholic public figures. It also advocated against efforts to secure strong religious freedom protections for Catholic adoption agencies and the Little Sisters of the Poor who are fighting pro-LGBT, pro-contraception government mandates. So here's another evil billionaire. uh, uh, Bezos and his wife are doing wicked things with their money, Terry.
1: And I just want to mention that the article didn't say, but think about all the evil that's being done and most of us in the church are sitting back and not pushing back at all. You know, Jesse, some people think, Terry, Jesse, you guys push back too hard. Really, when it comes to the unborn, when it comes to all the immorality that's going on, what do you want us to do, put our head in the sand? No, we won't do that here at Virgin Most Powerful. We're going to expose errors with truth. Why? Because it's what sets us free. And I would encourage people, you know, as for billions of dollars in Amazon money, Miss Scott and Mr. Jewett appeared to be consulting with the Bridge Group. Uh, bride, bridge Group, this group's um, group, is clients that include wealthy people like Bill Gates. You see all these names, Jesse. They're all bed feather feathers uh, fellows. Michael Bloomberg, the Ford and Rockefeller Foundation, according to the New York Times, these foundations have been major donors to the population control. Jesse, you and I have been saying that for a long, long time. See, they're attempting to give away a fortune that was enabled by systems to need of change. Scott said this June 15th, adding, It would be better to to disproportionate wealth were it not concentrated in a small number of hands. What's happening is as of June 16th, yes, faith in public life claim, 800 Catholic advocates and theologians have signed an open letter, remember that, to the bishop's, regarding the debate about Holy Communion. They're saying, stop making Holy Communion a political issue. Folks, let me tell you something. The Catholic faith cannot not speak out the truth of the faith. It's like a lion. It has to roar, no matter what these liberals say.
0: Here's what's interesting. This organization, Faith in Public Life, guess what? There's no Catholic clergy on the board. No Catholic clergy. That makes sense. There's uh, or or any Catholic religious on the board. There's only one Catholic laywoman, probably most likely Susan from Parish Council. (laughs) But uh, but again, here's an organization that's trying to influence and orchestrate uh, the Catholic Church and move the Catholic Church towards modernism and progressive thought. And uh, there's no Catholics on the board. This uh, I- instead of playing single issues politics with communion, uh, these uh, <coughs> this uh, faith in public life, they say that church leaders should stay out of culture wars, navigate disagreement with the civility and find common ground with the Catholic president yeah. who can be an ally on many issues. Compromise. Uh, Compromise. Yeah, they yeah, this faith in public life. They say that uh, that uh, the issues of we should stick to issues of economic inequality, racism. And brazen pardon, partisan attacks on voting rights. Again, <clears throat> you have a lot of dark money, Terry, being poured into the Catholic Church to try to influence the Catholic vote and try try to take the Catholic Church into what Saint Maximilian warned us about. Yep. Uh, you know, influenced by Masonic thought, what Bella Dodd warned us about, influenced by communist thought, and what Pope Pius X warned us about, influenced by modernist thought. These are the triple enemies of Christianity: Marxism, modernism, and Masonry. And it's being funded to the tunes of millions of dollars in the Catholic Church, so that these groups uh, can have uh, can have a direct influence on on the on the life of the Catholic Church and on the teachings of the Catholic Church.
1: Follow the money, folks. I want to remind you: May twenty eighth, praying for priests, a rosary crusade for priests, at the Sacramento Stadium, City College, on the twenty eighth of may father john calloway and myself will be there would love to see you there Twenty thousand catholics speaking and praying out loud stay with us family we'll be right back
2: welcome back to the terry and jesse show to join the conversation call (laughs) 888-526-2151 now here's terry and jesse does
0: the Synod inspire you to great faith? I don't no, think so. Disp-
2: dispiring.
1: Hey, Jess, just a yep. quick note. I'm getting texts. I said, what are you guys, masochists? I'm getting texts. What do you mean we're mad? I said, you guys are taking it on the chin right now. Why don't you just be quiet and not talk about this stuff? I, I don't know if the guy's trying to be funny. Jess, what did the gospel say about who do we obey, God or Man.
0: Yep, uh, St. Peter said it quite clearly, that we we obey God rather than men. And that's why we have to speak up. And not only that, Terry, again, here's where a lot of Catholics have been, they've been brainwashed, I'll just use a stronger word, brainwashed, is uh, the separation of church and state is not a Catholic idea. This comes from the Freemasons, it's a Masonic idea. Mm -hmm. Popes have denounced that idea, so what affects us? The culture, politics. This is why we have to speak about culture and politics but we have to put on our bible glasses our our biblical worldview that's what we do at the terry and jesse exactly Church. we put on these glasses called a biblical worldview and we look at the world through the lens of the gospel of jesus christ the synod and synodality <laughs> that's, it has begun yeah. it's the, a preparatory process of listening and dialogue in parishes throughout the world has been underway since 2021 Nobody's really inspired. The Synod will culminate in an international assembly of bishop delegates in October 2023. The Roman project is certainly more promising than the German synodal way. They're off the rails. Oh, yeah. Yet even cardinals and others close to the Pope are beginning to realize that many in the church, lady and clergy alike, lack true synodal enthusiasm. Count me as one. I'm one of them. The Synod on synodality is meant to be a global exercise in listening and walking together. But some seem to expect more from the Synod than what it can reasonably deliver. Serious theologians have been pointing out since the Second Vatican Council that a church constantly focusing on herself That's what they're doing. Cannot, cannot claim to to uh, be following her founder's mission, Jesus Christ. Man. Sadly, the Synod and Synodality risk becoming the project of A fruitless navel-gazing. A good way of saying it. Reform will only happen if the church remembers that she exists because of Christ and in order to evangelize and save souls. In order for this week to work and bear fruit, bishops and priests first need to be committed. At this point, I see a little enthusiasm. Despite massive Vatican advertising, Mm -hmm. bishops, priests, and Catholics in general want to walk with the Pope and one another but this synod has not ignited many hearts or minds. This is due to several factors. Number one, yep. first, enthusiasm for the synod is hampered by Vatican messaging. One factor in the in the clergy's lack of synodal commitment is the Vatican's frequent chastisement of clericalism. Yep. This clericalism may not even exist. I'm not convinced that the church's biggest problem today is the often alleged antagonism between laity and clergy. Rather. For both the clergy and the lady, a failure to pay attention to the word of god is of the of the greater he nailed, problem he nailed it that's yep. it yep consider how the holy see is often not clear about what the word evangelization actually means oh my gosh some recent vatican documents are act are doctrinally opaque and theologically weak including <laughs> texts published by the synod of bishops and vague references references to vatican ii abound and can be quite misleading. Yeah, we call and the that next one, Yeah, we call that ambiguity.
1: Today. Yes, the next one is very important. The, the second trust in the Senate of Synodality has been damaged by recent pronouncements from Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich. He's a Jesuit, we talked about him last month, Archbishop of Luxembourg, who will be Are you ready for this? They call it the Relator General of the Senate. Can you imagine he's in charge? Oh. Commanding on the Senegal Way in Germany, he demanded a fundamental revision of the church teachings on homosexual acts. What about the Word of God, man? You see, Jess, they don't look at God's Word as being important. When someone is in a key position at a Senate making such comments, it discredits the current listening process. The Archbishop's comment shows the German process is already compromising the Roman
0: project. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, Terry. This uh, is bad news. Finally, any talk about synodality, decentralization, and unity yeah. remains unconvincing when the Vatican continues to exercise top-down centralized power. For example, when it comes to regulating the Tridentine rite, recent Vatican documents curbing the traditional Latin Mass are not written in the spirit of synodality. Nope. As a practical matter, this issue is not urgent in a world where many Catholics are going back and forth between ordinary and extraordinary form. Or between Roman and Oriental rites. The documents offer a non solution to a non problem. On a theological level, it is troubling for multiple reasons What, what when the Holy See declares the post Vatican II liturgy to be, quote, the unique expression of the lexorandi of the Roman rite, close quote. Can't be. As it does in Traditionis yep. custodis. Yep. First, liturgical texts and rituals. As expressions of sacred tradition need to be treated with great respect, even if they are now rarely used. Second, the reform of liturgical rites and texts of the 1960s was a massive intervention Back. guided by theologians yep. and promulgated by the church's highest authority. But this intervention does not mean that any prior reforms of the Roman liturgy have no theological or doctrinal relevance. Now, what you're going to quote is very important, Joe. Say it slowly. This is the most, this is yeah. the most important part of the paragraph. Mm-hmm. As Benedict XVI wrote, Quote, what early generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us too. It cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful. You can't argue with that statement, Terry. I
1: love that statement. You know, moreover Pope Francis declaration that the current state of liturgy is irreversible calls into the question of post-Vatican II liturgical reform itself. For if this is the case... And guys have talked to me about this, theologians. How was the work of the liturgical reform ever legitimate? Post-Vatican II reforms entail historical and theological criticism of the older rituals. As a result, the Reformed liturgy cannot be declared exempt from similar scrutiny and remains subject to development in the directions that are unknown to us right now. No one... Should presume to possess foreknowledge of where God wants the church to go in the future? Continue,
0: Jess. This
1: is unbelievable. At, at
0: this point, I have not given up hope that the synod and synodality might accomplish some good, but unless it is truly open to the Word of God, that's it. It will. Either, there it is. That's it. It will either implode, much as the synodal way in Germany is imploding, or end with a whimper. Yes, the synod needs to be open to the signs of the times but more open to the light of the gospel. Amen again. Without this light, we can neither distinguish the signs of the times nor, nor know what to do with them. We will need to be open to hearing tough messages, right. some of which we, sh- we have been ignoring for decades, yep. and we must no longer put unreasonable expectations on the magisterium. Councils and the papacy are not designed, that is, instituted by Christ, to organize paradigm shifts. <laughs> well said. This is- yeah. Rather, rather, they were designed to be the first hearers of the Word of God and doers of the Word of God. For everything else is deception, according to James chapter 1, verse 22. Only a humble approach that leaves lots of room for the Holy Spirit to work will bring authentic renewal and reform. As St. Augustine wrote, "Quote: Where there is charity, there is peace. Where there is humility, there is charity. Terry. Yes. Yeah, see, all
1: through this article... It- the author, Ken Monsignor, keeps uh, going back to following the Word of God. It seems to me that that's really the critical answer to any kind of meeting for the priests, for the bishops, for the church, that we have to be faithful to God's love letter, which is the, the the Bible. And it seems to me that when they talk about same-sex marriage or all these other immoral things that they're wanting to put through, it's totally contrary to the Word of God. So uh, I just I see it this way modernists think that the Word of God is like any other book. It's not God's written Word that we have to obey. It's just, you know, it's man's idea of what God would want. Because I hear this all the time from Jesuits and from other theologians that, you know, we've got a better idea. So I really think that going back to a... Uh, what we call a biblical worldview. Biblical view.
0: worldview. That's
1: what we've been saying for years. Let's go back to the word God's word instead of some knucklehead. I'm doing it nicely, Jesse. I was thinking of a stronger word, but a knucklehead who wants to say, you know what? This thing about homosexuality. You know, Father James Martin says, you know, that's just uh, Saint Paul's. He had a problem with sex. Give me a break,
0: Terry. Uh, Father Stravinsky. I remember I read an article Peter a while back ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he warned us, he said that this Synod had the real possibility to be hijacked by special interest groups. Of course groups, it is. Rather than being a presentation of the life and love-affirming teachings of yep. the Roman Catholic Church on yep. marriage and family. Yep. So, he, uh, so he believes this is part of the hijacking or infiltration. And one of the things that they're going to use in this Synod of Synodality, the left, it's, it's called the principle of gradualism.
1: Oh, they've been using that for a long time.
0: Yeah. So it, gradualism yep. is, is the way they basically, they move the needle little <laughs> by little, and you can't even detect it. No. Nope. Because, uh, again, uh, it, it's it's done so gradually that you can't really detect it. And so that's what we're seeing right now. That's right. Uh, another thing that I would, one of the things about, uh the synod participants is that a lot of them, Terry, their problem is, is that they appeal to the spirit of Vatican. What the heck is this? That's such a... It doesn't mean anything, Terry. It means my opinion. It means means my emotions. It means my feelings, which feelings and emotions have nothing to do with doctrinal decisions or dogmatic decisions. And so you'll find a lot of people that are involved in these synod, Synod, synodality discussions, they're modernists, Terry. Yep. They're, They're full. And and, and and what the Senate is doing right now? Let's just be honest. Yep. This is why they're working in a fever pitch. It's the resurgence of modernism under the guise of Vatican II. Yeah. But again, what they're they're not applying Vatican II. They're applying the spirit of Vatican II, which means my opinion, my opinion. And uh, this is this is uh, something that is troubling. Uh, I think that as Catholics. Uh, any synod of synodality has to be based on the clear teachings of the Catholic Church, God, not a lay person's right. opinions, exactly. not a priest's opinions. Yep. What does has a church taught for 2,000 years? That's what
1: we want. We call it the perennial teachings of the church. Hey, a quick note. i got a good news story. Christian University recommending termination of a professor who officiated same-sex ceremony. Maybe we can follow our, our friends and the fundamentalists that say, well, if you're going to teach, you need to teach what we believe. Great idea. When we come back, Mother Dolores Hart, the importance of silence. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Last thing I'm going to say about the Senate, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. The Senate is being done to normalize homosexuality in the Catholic Church gradually. That's the last I'll say about I got that. one
1: more thing to say. A Vatican diplomat friend of ours said everything's already been determined before the Senate. Everything has been determined. In other words, this is just an exercise to make you feel good. That's how bad it is, Jesse. That's why we need to be praying for Holy Mother of the Church, that we have some prelates stand up and be willing to lay down their life for the flock because we need that now. Because we've got modernists in there trying to just undermine anything that Christ has taught for you know from the beginning. And this is why we need to be praying. That's all I'll say, Jess. Let's keep praying. Hey, brother. Yeah. Uh, yep. This article you got the importance of silence about Mother Dolores Hart, famous movie star actress, becomes a yep. cloistered nun. What's what's up on that, brother?
0: Yeah. This uh, talk She's about awesome. Talk about uh, a massive conversion. Yeah, you think? She says, "I've been a professed nun of the Abbey of Regina Laudis in Bethlehem, Connecticut, for over fifty years." Wow. Our community follows the rule of Saint Benedict, who put a high value on silence. Yep giving a whole chapter to the subject in the work uh, he he believed that every aspect of the life of those following the rule should should show a great reverence and preference for silence but knowing how fallible we human beings are he <laughs> designated that at the very least certain times of the day and certain times of the monastery should be held in silence he wanted his monks to have the best possible environment in which to hear the voice of god with their ear with the ear of their heart mm-hmm. and he succeeded she says but before I was a nun, I was an actress. As a professional actress trained for both film and stage, I knew, the, I knew well the power of silence to communicate something beyond words. Silence is far more than the, the absence of noise. It can be full of whatever is not being said. Whatever is rumbling around in the heart. That is why silence cannot be imposed or legislated from without. Neither can it be achieved by an act of the will. Silence springs from deep, uh, springs from deep within the core of, the, of a person as all primal human instincts and responses do. Silence, like love, itself grows in the hidden depth of the soul. Far from being in opposition to communication and exchange, real silence depends entirely on growth in relationship, both with God and with other people. Ter-
1: how much of what we crave, silence, we can fear it. I always said that God speaks through silence. That's why we want to have time before the blessed sacrament. For many young people entering monastic life, steeped as they are in contemporary culture, its silence can present itself as a troubling nothingness. Yeah, they don't know what. Wait a minute. You got to hear something. Music surrounded by to appear like giving unto the death of one's own spirit. But the image of silence as emptiness in the absence of life is ultimately a false image, an image promoted by the evil spirit to turn us away from the unique life giving power silence has to hope a place in our hearts for Christ to be born in us. Jess, she's nailing it because many of my training as an actress, she understood the need for silence. Fulton Sheen does it when he preaches. Silence to be released and fostered within the individual person knew how to use the principles of acting to do so. Recognizing this, a need within the classic monastic formation programs, our abbess Mother Benedicta deuce appointed me as the dean of education. She asked me to work with the community, especially those new monastic life to help them recognize and cultivate silence as an organic inner reality.
0: Jess? Yeah, a, a lot of she goes into a lot of the weeds uh, on her personal life on silence. Let me grow a little bit macro on you and and, and share with you what the Bible says about silence. So you're you're not going to say, well, this is just a a, a nun's opinion. Okay. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 62, 1 to 5. For God alone my soul waits in silence. It's all there. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. Wisdom chapter 18, verses 14 to 15. While gentle silence enveloped all things, and night in its swift course was now half gone, your all-powerful word, O Lord, left from heaven from the royal throne. Job 29, verse 21. Men listened to me and wait and kept silence for my counsel. Lamentations three hundred twenty six. It is good that one should wait silently for the salvation of the Lord. Habakkuk two hundred twenty <laughs> but the Lord is in his holy temple, let all the earth keep silence before him. Zechariah two hundred thirteen. Be silent, all flesh before the Lord for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling Zephaniah 1 7 be silent before the Lord God for the day of the Lord is at hand and the last one is too long I won't read It's from 1st Kings chapter 19 verse 9 to 13 where Elijah talks about finding God in the si- in silence
1: and Jesse let me just say on a practical level those are all great biblical verses let's be honest the world, the devil, and the flesh are out to get us. One of the big things we have is noise. If you go into a hospital, I remember saying to myself, "These people don't need TV. They need to prepare themselves to meet God. Yeah. They're dying, and they' are listening to they're watching the "I Love Lucy" reruns.
0: Oh, yeah. you wish they, you wish they were watching that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've yeah. seen him in the hotel and the, and the, uh, uh, Terry, they're watching much more. Yeah, Oh yeah. Yeah. They're watching yeah, bad yeah. stuff too. That's going to corrupt yeah. them. But even exactly. just, even just distractions, Jess, this is, I'm going to make a suggestion on a practical action item. Have a portion of time every day where you're completely silent. My, I'll just give you my take. I get up early in the morning, you know, at four 30, o'clock in the morning, that's when I pray. Because nobody's going to call me. Yes, Romero doesn't even call me at that time. Nobody does. And so I know I can spend that time with my Lord. And whether you're a night owl or a chicken rooster, you know, maybe it's late at night. But what happens is before the Blessed Sacrament, when you're when it's when you are there alone, you're there with our Eucharistic King. This is the time God will speak to you. So I, I tell people, you know, we're always watching YouTube. We're always doing on the Internet. Knock that off at a period every day where you just become silent and your spiritual life will grow.
0: Yeah, Terry, and this is by the way another modernist uh, gradualism infiltration. Oh, yeah. We went, Terry, from 1600 years yeah. of having a very solemn Oh, big time. Sacred, qu- quiet, yeah. sacred, yeah. reverent liturgy oh, yeah. to a more noisy liturgy: yeah. electric guitars, that's true, b- bongos, maracas, drums, priests m- coming up and down the aisle like if they're a ta- talk show host, uh, clapping, uh, holding hands, uh, all this noise, all this. Father says, you says, father says, you says, father says, you says, clapping. Yeah, this was Good. by this uh, was by design, Terry, because yeah, it undermines it, because the modernists, the Marxists, and the Masons yep. they know they do that the Catholic Church teaches that the highest form of prayer is the Prayer of Quiet, as St. Teresa of Avila mentions. That's right. In her interior castle, she calls that the Sixth Mansion, which leads to the highest prayer of union, mystical marriage, the Seventh Mansion. So right before you enter the unitive aspect with God, you enter the Sixth Mansion, which is called the Prayer of Quiet. The modernist Masons and Marxists knew this. They don't want Catholic to enter into the prayer of quiet so that we can enter into this mystical marriage. They don't want us to enter into contemplative prayer, which the Catechism says is the highest. It's the prayer that takes you fastest to God. Fulton Sheen says contemplative prayer takes you to God on a jet plane. (laughs) That's right. He says meditative prayer takes you to God on horseback. Vocal prayer takes you to God walking on foot. And so the modernists don't want you to become as holy as possible. So through gradualism and incrementalism, they they changed the liturgy. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still the liturgy. It's still lawful. Oh, yeah, it's still valid, too. Absolutely. You still receive Christ there. <laughs> but what they did is they tried to make it as worldly as possible so that you would never enter into the highest union of prayer, the sixth mansion, the prayer of quiet, or what... Uh, or what Father Gary lagrange calls the unitive aspect of Christianity, which is contemplative.
1: And I want to just mention Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book on the Catholic Mass. Uh, We've gone through, I think, almost 100 books now of people wanting that book. It's on our website. Go to vmpr.org, and then you'll really understand the Mass in a way that just will change your life. Jesse, I want to also remind people that Bishop Strickland will be on right after our show He's the most outspoken Catholic bishop in America. When I was in Dallas, Texas, many of the people there just uh, say, oh, we don't miss a show with Bishop Strickland. Thank you for putting him on the radio. No, I want to thank you, our listener, who supports us to put bishops like Bishop Strickland on the air, Bishop Athanasius Schneider on the air. Why? Because these are men who are willing to lay down their life for the flock, and we need more guys like that.
0: Yep, and Terry, there's also... uh You'll also find that silence is also very important oh, yeah. when when you want to go to sleep at night. Oh yeah, uh, you know a lot of people are are still listening to music. No, you have something here. Yeah. Television's on in the background, nope. and you wonder why people can't sleep. Guess what? <laughs> uh, anybody who struggles with with anxiety or insomnia. Or for, or lack of sleep. Yeah. you you need to you need to start trying to embrace silence. And,
1: and I would Prince also, silence. I would also add, hours before you go to bed, stop listening to any social media. You know Disconnect. what you want to do? Yeah. Disconnect, Disconnect and read yeah. the Word of God, read the spiritual, so that your meditation really is about the gospel for the next mass that you might be able to get to. And this way, you're you're not over the top in the sense of always. Oh, what's going to happen? I had a bad dream. No read the Word of God before you go to bed, and then ask Jesus Christ to allow Him to have you with Him all night long. That's what I do. I jump into His lap. You know that image of Jesus with the children? I'm 65 years old. I got a big you know, six-foot statue, uh, picture of that, and I say, Jesus, can I jump into your lap? And guess what? I sleep really well. Why? Because I use that image to have comfort to know that I'm in the presence of God. Just... What uh, what do you want to lead us with, brother, before I ask you the question?
0: Uh, Terry, uh, be holy or die trying. Remember the words of St. Peter the First Pope in the book of Acts. He says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Absolutely. I want to let you know that we got two men here. Love the Lord. Amen. And we're fully backed by the blood of Jesus. And we're fully boosted with the sacraments of the church.
1: Amen. And that is what we need today. Just... Uh, We've got Bishop Strickland up next, but I'm going to ask you my final question, brother. This is the ultimate question on our exit interview.
0: What state should we be living in, brother? State of grace, don't live in a state of moral sin. Remember, Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ commands. Terry. Amen. And again, I want to encourage you, if you can't hear
1: it on your station, go to VMPR. Get our download of uh, our app. You can hear this show anywhere in the world. Tell your friends about us. We're two, you know, Catholics that have PhDs in common sense, and common sense ain't that common. May God bless you and enjoy Bishop Strickland's hour coming up right after a quick break. God love you.